Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today is Sunday, June 25th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 525 features Mass Live's Brian Robb. And I'm Evan Valenti, and this show is powered by FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. What's up, everybody? New edition of Celtics Beat as July and free agency and summer league. It's all right around the corner, but... Since the last time we had a show, there's been some news. There have been some happenings in the land of the Celtics. Adam Kaufman and Valenti. Brian Robb is here. More on that in just a moment. I think we can all agree the biggest news since uh, we last recorded a show, Ev, would be uh, the Celtics drafting Jordan Walsh out of Arkansas. That's, yeah, uh, that's pretty much about it. I don't know who else very, yeah, so, yeah, so this will be a full Jordan Walsh tribute show. It was an easy night, Kaufman. It was just yeah. straightforward, super easy. You know, <laughs> you, you went in knowing exactly Boston's just going to have one pick and we're done. Like, that's yeah. it. No, it's a, all... Didn't keep me up at night at all, you know? No, I, I, didn't, I didn't lose any sleep. Didn't have to wait for Brad Stevens to talk till two something in the morning or anything like that. It, it all just it, easy, 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 easy. No, obviously everybody out there knows what has gone on. Chris Porzing is in, Marcus Smart out. There's a lot of that that we're going to dissect over the next half hour or so here with B-Rob. But B-Rob, first and foremost, welcome back. And I say welcome back, not just because you're here, but I, I asked Ev to look this up. Do you happen to know the last time you were on this show? Like if you were just to guess... Hey, once given like how often I bug you, like, hey man, you're around. What what would you say the last time that you appeared on Celtics Beat was? It's been way too long. I want to say it's the the end, but like at some point during the finals run last year, I think is my guess. Like, which is again way too long. But here's the thing: I was pushing out because I wanted to wait for this. Like, this is the <laughs> ultimate time to be on this show now. Like when you when you texted me this weekend, I was like, oh, her, like this is gonna be. This is a dream spot to be on this show. I can't wait. Uh, Ev, what, what was the uh, the actual answer? Is he correct? Uh, I'm just doubling back to make sure that I'm not uh, incorrect on this. But from my from my research, B Rob, it was January twentieth, twenty twenty two, was the last time. Okay, so that was during during last season, but not during the rest. So yeah, there might have been one. I feel like I remember, maybe I'm mixing up the playoff runs, but yeah, that's it's been way too long, and it's my fault. No, 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 no. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't bring it up to make you feel bad. I, you and I know each other, you know, far well enough to to know that that's not the case. I just I, I want people to know that, like, it has been a long time coming since we've been able to uh, sort of bring Celtics beat and winning plays podcast that you do here as part of the CLNS network as well. You know, to, to these these two things needed to clash again. We need to bring these back together. 100 percent. And again, what a perfect opportunity. We are probably arguing about Marcus Smart back in January 2022, even oh, though I feel like most of this, were. most of this by you, Evan, as well, I feel like we were probably on the same page with him throughout his career here. And now we are led to a farewell and I think a pretty, uh, I don't know, like 
we can talk about the fit standpoint, but as far as the price yeah. given up in this deal, which we'll get to, like, this is a, like something that I think came out of left field in terms of the opportunity the Celtics have here. Yeah. So I, just because we don't have like hours and hours to spend talking about this, where we could go over every angle and the fact that, you know, we're days beyond this trade having happened. A lot of people have, have dissected many angles of this. I, I would like our show to, attempt to move the conversation along a little bit but because as you alluded to like we evan and i anyway i'm sure you have on your show but evan and i we haven't even discussed this publicly yet here on this show so i have to at least you know reveal some feelings and i would say that based on the text messages that have been exchanged since i can confidently say uh, evan and i were on the same page in not liking this deal uh where i would say we did deviate is that the original incarnation where it was the Clippers, it was Malcolm Brogdon, it was Porzingis coming in, but it wasn't smart leaving. Ev was still kind of on the fence, uh, and, and more of that was the morality of Kristaps Porzingis and what happened allegedly back in 2019 than maybe his specific basketball fit. Uh, for me, yeah, like do it. You know, get like Brogdon's contract, <laughs> you know, was was going to age badly, and, and now it looks like, again, possibly will age badly here with the Celtics, but if you can swap Brogdon and get Porzingis and really give up little else, to me, that's no, you know, it's, it, it borders on no brainer. So I would have very enthusiastically made that trade. You know, you had to improve the front court. We know what Porzingis, he's not the, the most elite defender, but we know what he's capable of offensively, obviously, and, and floor spacing and, and how big an asset he could potentially be in terms of fit and, and spelling, Al and Rob, and obviously there are the injury concerns, all these things that we will touch on. But then you change the trade, not your fault necessarily. You know, you could say it was cold feet by the Clippers or the Celtics impatience. A lot of different things have been reported, obviously, but they were up against that deadline where Porzingis had to opt in on his $36 million option for next year. Uh, some speculated, well, couldn't they just push the deadline off? And and there have been sort of conflicting reports as to whether or not Porzingis was willing to do that. So let's just say he was not willing to do it. You had to get something done by midnight. Well, that sort of forced the Celtics' hand, obviously, because otherwise he was going to hit free agency at that point in time. And the Celtics could not acquire him in, in that version of things. So it becomes Marcus Smart going off to Memphis. And I didn't like it for a range of reasons. And I think even putting my my smart like fandom aside i just you're you're giving up a guy that you want to get into the whole like hashtag winning plays and durability at uh, well not total durability but more durability than porzingis heart and soul glue guy leader all that stuff and you know nine years of celtic and nine years in the playoffs and five trips to the conference finals and you know your your best playmaking point guard and facilitator and passer and all and in your Sending that away for what right now, and I do believe this will change, but right now is one year of Porzingis and a guy who's coming off a career year, but played in 65 games, could have been more if they didn't sit him at the end of the year, but 65 games and hadn't played that many games since his second year in the league back when he was 21. And that is a concern from an injury standpoint. So I just, I'm, there are just, as I've tweeted multiple times, B-Rob, there are just aspects of this trade that honestly, I don't really understand that I'm, I don't feel Brad has, has properly explained yet. Not that he has to. And I just believe there is another shoe to drop that we are completely unprepared for right now as, as people watching from the outside. 
I mean, I agree with you from that seem like the roster as is right now does not make a whole lot of sense to do this. If this is this is it, or if this is just like marginal tweaks on the fringes. Um the the fit there, that this is not a team where you're like, oh, that you have a much better chance of winning next year compared to what you had before. Um and so that is the big question right now. And I think we saw some steps of that in the last week or two with obviously the, the the first round picks they got in the trade for smart itself on top of Porzingis and then flipping some of that into future second round picks. So now they are pretty well positioned stockpile wise with their draft picks to make a, not a huge splash, but a, like a, a notable splash. I think something like a, you know, a starter level player, I think w- with packaging some of those picks with, with a Malcolm Brogdon type, or maybe they do it in some sort of, Grant Williams sign trade type situation. There's a, a few options in play there, but I don't know, like that's to me, that's like it's it's tough to fully judge this deal in terms of we see what this team looks like in in two or three weeks from now as opposed to, you know, one week hanging into free agency. My biggest and 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 we'll get I know you have many thoughts on this as well. My biggest thing with what you're talking about with roster construction was I just and Brad alluded to this, I think, in some ways. Like, I, I just don't think they make a trade like this if you're not confident Porzingis is going to stick around longer than than just this upcoming year. And they can't, you've written about this, they can't sign him to an extension until July 6th anyway. So, yeah. you know, there there could be a, a multi-year deal coming for him that keeps him around. And and then you say, okay, well, you you know, you're you're not parting with Grant Williams because that is the expectation. You're not parting with Grant Williams for one year of Porzingis. You're not parting with a cost-controlled Mark, Marcus Smart for one year of Porzingis. So you're going to keep him around longer. But I just, and I say this with zero disrespect to Derek White. Derek White was arguably their third best player last year. He was terrific. But if you look at what his strengths are, I just don't look at him and think starting point guard of this team. I still view him as sixth man or, you know, he and Brogdon is kind of, if, if Brogdon's the same guy, which I don't even believe he will be, by the way, you view them as like co-sixth men. And I'm not saying White is incapable of it. I just, when I'm thinking facilitator and playmaker and shot creator, no, I don't think of Derek White. I I think of a guy that that is, you know, better served to kind of, you know, do, do what he does so well and, and create some opportunities for himself. But he doesn't, he's not this guy that like makes everybody around him better offensively. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe people listening or maybe you guys disagree with that, but that is my view of Derek White. And so, you know, I would like to, I, I know it's not like, it's not like it's going to be Chris Paul or something like that, but <laughs> I'm I'm just not sure the starting point guard for this team is currently on this roster. No, sir. I want to honestly, I want to hear Evan's take on this in terms of like, I, I, your, I definitely smart deal with, with the fact that, oh, I'm devastated that, that smart's gone. It's just, and I have to separate like my fanhood attachment to smart from basketball sense, I, mm-hmm. I, there are some basketball cases that have been made over the past couple of days that make sense, including like maybe Smart's voice is too big. They want the Jays to lead. You can't have them lead if Smart's like, I get some of that stuff. Um, it's just hard, you know, as a guy who rooted for Marcus Smart for nine straight years to have him traded basically while I was sleeping. That's just a tough one to, <laughs> to kind of to, to chew on. However, I want to push back against Coffin. Why doesn't think Derek White could be the starting point guard for this team? Because if I, I, I mean, granted, they could go out and get someone. Now that's definitely on the table. Who they they could get to, to be their starting point guard? I'm not I'm not quite sure. I know there are a lot of guards in this league, but usually the starting point guards are pretty entrenched to where they are. But like Kaufman, I don't know about you and B Rob, I don't know about you, but like, is anybody outside of Derek White making a good entry pass to Chris Porzingis on this team? Because I don't see another guy outside of 
Derek White that can really do that consistently. I mean, I know Roth could pass, but I'm not quite sure how much time you're going to spend passing big to big. I think you kind of need Derek White to start at point guard because he's the only guy that's going to get Chris Stapps the ball. Well, and, and and to be clear, if if the starting point guard is on this team currently, yeah, it's Derek White. I'm saying I'm just not sure you can't find a better alternative elsewhere. And I don't, I wish I had a name. I don't even know who that is, but I mean, that's where I look at it and say, it's still late June. There's a lot of time for that. And if you look at, you look at Derek White's plus, like his plus minus numbers with everybody on the team is like fantastic. And notoriously Mm -hmm. him and Jason Tatum are fantastic together. So, I mean, I would, the, the, I don't know if you remember, but the first thing, one of the first things I texted that was a positive about this trade was, well, this means that we're the more we're in the, the more Derek White business, and I like being in that business because I want Derek White to play more. Like that's sure. that's not even a question. And I, I know I was listening to on my way to uh, New Jersey this weekend. I was listening to, to Simmons and Barrett and Simmons' dad talk about like it, it. It was glaringly obvious that Derek White should be closing games, but we have this, and I and I don't blame Joe for for doing this. This allegiance to Marcus Smart because of all he's done for the team, but. Like Derek White was just better last year, and I, I think giving him more opportunity is going to be a good thing. I, I I love when he's on the court because the pace changes, the ball moves, um, he does all the little things. Like he's not going to, he doesn't need to score. He can do some of the like. Is you're going to have Jalen Brown, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and Jason Tatum on the floor at the same time. Both of these, all three of these guys, average twenty points a game. Not everybody's going to be able to shoot the ball, and Derek White is very comfortable not taking a ton of shots. He knows that, so I think that's great. I think I think that opens up. You're not going to, like, outside of a Chris Paul type who's like, you stand here, like, to get outside of that, I think Derek's a great, a, a, a great player and a great mold of player to have start with the, the, th- those three guys and whoever the hell starts at the four. Well, so B Rob, let me turn that into a question for you. Let me set you up for a long answer. I want you to respond to the thing that I said about, you know, like, do you believe they're going to acquire a different point guard to actually start? But also what Evan was alluding to, they were talking about on that pod that he was listening to, did the Celtics, and look, the the good outweighed the bad, but he was a polarizing figure here, obviously. Did the Celtics have a Marcus Smart problem in that his voice was too big, expectation was too big, you know, you, their, their allegiance was too large, the, the feeling of like, all right, well, maybe there are times that he should be benched, but he's not benched because he's Marcus Smart. You have to have him out there at the end of the game. Uh, and was was there some element of of historical relationship within the organization and and guys on that coaching staff and primarily Joe most recently where it was you know they they weren't always doing what was best for themselves out of a, a certain level of loyalty. Yeah, so to start with White, I think he's definitely your starting point guard next year. Agree with Evan there. I think the. Uh, to your point as well, Adam, like he is not the traditional point guard. Like he is not the distributor that Marcus Smart is when he's at his best as far as assist rate and things along those lines. But I think by and large, there are more and more guards around the league that like teams are not going with that model, if you will. And I think the Celtics are going to embrace that. Like does White work on both ends of the floor? Is he selfless? Is he going to, can he make enough passes, but can he do enough other things to do it? And clearly the answer last year was yes, where these guys are thriving around him. So it's hard for me to envision the Celtics finding a better fit of point guard with him. You can obviously do that, move him to the two, if you will, um, play Pamperture off the bench if you say move Brogdon to a separate deal. Mm. But I think at this point, their default is like White's your, White's your one, Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown two, and they go from there. Um, as far as Marcus Smart goes and the hierarchy thing, like, I think there's no doubt there, you know, there's people inside their day, like Derek White was not playing enough 
last year when it mattered most. And you could, that even went back to, you guys remember like game two of the Heat series where he was probably like the second best player in that game. And he came out of the game with like seven minutes left and was out for most of the crunch time there where they kind of fell apart down the stretch of that game. There was, and you could count, you know, four or five, six, seven times in the regular season last year where it was like, why isn't Derek White in this game? And then it blows up. So clearly whether it was Malcolm Brockton or Marcus Smart, I don't think like it was like, we need to move Smart so he gets time. It's like, we need to move one of these guys. And then when they ran into the issues of Brogdon, that Smart became the alternative there. And so as far as Smart's voice and stuff goes, I think that falls into play. It wasn't a reason why they move him, but like it certainly is part of the equation here being like, okay, we're getting pretty good value here of two first-round picks, much more value than we get for Brogdon. There is something here where it's probably it's going to be tougher to bench Marcus in crunch time regularly because of where he thinks his standing is with the organization. From a leadership standpoint, it might be something where we want to shake it up because let's be honest, guys, like after this season, there wasn't going to be like a bigger change is going to have to be what's going to have to be made with this roster. Once Jalen signed the Supermax and other parts of the play. So if you wanted to shake things up a little bit from like a, a small standpoint, which is not Marcus is a small part of it, being like the, a smaller thing here, like that, this is the last year you could actually do it without having to look at the whole, look at the bigger Jalen question of being like, yeah. you sign him now. Is he worth keeping now at this money? Do we have to break these guys up? Because that was going to be a question after this year if this team didn't get there. Now you can at least look at it from like, okay, this team has not been able to get over the hump. Smart isn't the reason for that, but he's kind of a part of that equation in terms of their struggles in you know late game offensively, et cetera, at times. Like at least we can see if that is part of the problem here and see if Derek White might be part of the solution. Well, look, if, if there if there's an aspect to this deal, and I've thought about this more over the last day or two, if there's an aspect to this deal, guys, that, that makes me, like, giddy kid in a candy store excited is we have so many friends, colleagues, you know, like people within the media that do what we do or obviously just friends that are fans that, again, smart, most polarizing Boston athlete, period, since maybe Tuka Rask, and before that, I have no idea. Like, smart is, there, there's no in between. There aren't people that just sort of, like, kind of appreciate the guy. It's like either you love him or you hate him. Like, I, I had texts ranging from, I am out on the Celtics, I'm going to root for another <laughs> team, to this is the best day of my sports fandom life since the Sox won the 04 World Series. Yeah. I Like, it's, and and everything in between. So, what made me excited was, I don't know what the hell is going to happen next year. Nobody does. But I am thrilled that whatever it is, if it goes well, if it goes bad, people are not going to, as they so often do, point at Marcus Smart and say he was the reason. Mm -hmm. If the Celtics come up short in the playoffs next year, if they are not the, if they don't have the defensive identity that people want them to have, if they don't have a, a certain toughness that people don't want them to have, no one is going to say, you know, if, if nothing else is going to go the other way, it's, man, you could use a guy like Marcus Smart. But if if they're, like, out there shooting, like, crap from three or, you know, taking, like, like poor shot selection or, you know, the Jays aren't leading the way you want them to lead, no one's going to say Marcus Smart got in the way. Why is Marcus Smart taking the final shot? WTF. And I am thrilled. I am thrilled that at least he's out of the crosshairs of people that honestly, a lot of the time B Rob just would lazily point to smart whenever something would go wrong, because now 
you know, I, again, I don't know what's going to happen next year, but but now we can fully say, like before, it was the Jays team, but it was the Jays and Smart. Now it is truly Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown's team, and if it goes well, great. And if it doesn't, it's on you. 100%. That's a huge part of this equation. Um, I, I think it's a really good point by you from the, that's, that's not an out for them anymore for the, for the Jays from that standpoint. And to be honest with smart, like I've been hard on smart over his career here at, at points, this past playoff run, he was like far from like, there are no situation or very few situations where he was a problem for this team during that, this past run. I thought that was like one of his best postseasons ever overall. Um, you know, the game for Philly stuff that like he can get the shot off, whatever, like that's, that was more like coaching slash education wise, that was less on him for those spots. So I think that's why, like he, like he is like the, that t- sort of crutch for fans to do like that, that is gone now. And now we see like, what is this team made of with the, the bigger parts that matter? Yeah. What's next? Do you think? Yeah. What's the next move? I have, I have no idea. I mean, obviously we're going to watch Jordan Walsh play a little bit in summer league and I can't wait to watch JD Davis. <laughs> You know, I'm, I think very highly of J.D. Davison, but, like, obviously, as we've all kind of danced around here, and I think, B-Rob, I think you might have reported this uh, in an article or two, that there's there's more coming down the pipeline here, whether it's going to be a big piece or a rotation piece. I, I'm not quite sure, and I'm assuming nothing major is going to happen, but I got to assume that you might know a few things. Yeah, I mean, that's something I've I've heard the pretty much in the aftermath of this deal. and that goes beyond just, you know, the, the four trades, the exciting trades on draft night. Like, no, that, like, I mean, that's part of the picture here, but they're like, make no mistake here, whether it's in the next couple of weeks here or before the trade deadline, like, like I would be shocked if they don't add another rotation slash start a little piece to this roster. Like this is with this new CBA, with all these picks you're acquiring, you're not acquiring these extra picks for like to better play your roster in like 2026. Like, you're doing this now when you have the ability to actually add another piece to this roster that matters and be able to afford it without paying like $300 million in like luxury tax or whatever this new CBA is going to be leading to for these teams that are going to go above the second apron down the line. So to me, it's, it's going to be a fascinating next week to see, you know, how they approach that. Um, whether the time is now, whether it's something where they can mend fences with Malcolm Brogdon in the, in the meantime, um, and see what that looks like or, and obviously see what the Porzingis fit looks like on the floor. Um, but if not, like you have to look at him, you have to look at, you know, obviously the, the rumors on Grant are, are very much there. And I just don't think that this roster is a finished product. Just speaking for myself here, I just don't think this is it for this group. I think there's more shoes to fall here. Well, and to that point, there's assets like Grant is a sign and trade asset. And the yeah. expectation is he's not going to be back. Those second round picks, if you want to move them, you know, <laughs> teams have had to throw like five into a deal to help get a deal done. But yeah, like they've they've reloaded on some of that capital. You can use it. And as far as the smoothing things over with Malcolm Brogdon, like to me in my head, B-Rob, that's something you try and do at the end of August. Right now, you're trying to trade him. And I yeah, I, sure. I, I don't think there's any mystery in that. And, and if, like, I don't think Brogdon thinks there's any mystery in that. They are trying to move him. The only reason he's not gone right now is because the Clippers didn't have time to give him a, give him a physical, you know, if right now you're trying to move him to a team that actually has the opportunity to assess the guy and say, all right, yeah, he might need surgery, but he'll be ready for the beginning of the year. Who cares? Like it's, it's fine. He's gone. 
So my my question for you would be, other than you know, like Beal's not an option, Paul's not an option, Dame doesn't want to come here. You know, is is there a guy out there that you think could spring available? I would think it would have to be a guard at this point if you're moving Brogdon, who is a fit, who is is someone that you think you know would make sense for this team. It's it's just hard to, to like peg that around based on what where we are in the free agency period. It's like what guys are available right now. That's all going to depend on what teams like actually do in the next week here. Like the trades, who the teams are going to go after in free agency, who has leftover cap room, who decides to take a step forward versus a step back as far as, far as a franchise goes. And that stuff, you know, is starting to come into focus more. Obviously, we've seen what the Wizards have done the last week. And that's, you know, you can pretty much pick anyone else in that roster right now and say like they're available. But there's a lot of teams right now where you wonder, okay, like what are like what are the Spurs doing? Like are they trying to like really center things around like Wimby or like are could some guys on that team that are on their second contracts become available? Um, like what is a team like the Magic doing? There's a lot of intriguing players down there. There might be not like they have some cap room. Are they bringing people back? Are they looking to move off of a, a guard or two or another big man or two there? Like that's those are the type of teams. I look at when you wonder in terms of what type of players that Celtics could go after here. And then there's, and you just look for places where there's a, a roster glut. And when there's someone else gets signed, that makes someone else available. And then the Celtics want to position themselves to be like, Hey, we more than more, a lot of contenders that are looking to win. Now we have more assets that we're ready to move right now to do that, to say, Hey, we have that Warriors first round pick and we have two future firsts along with, three second round picks and for the right guy, we'll make that move. Now, whether that guy actually comes to fruition here, that's the question. Whether that guy is, has a contract where he's actually worth that, whether, cause you're not gonna do that for just an expiring deal, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think those are the type of questions that this front office is going to be looking at constantly the next week or two. And then obviously into next season as well, based on how this team looks. Before we let you go, are you happy with the Porzingis deal? Not the whole scope of it and trading away smart and, and getting first-round picks and all of that stuff. Just purely Chris Tapps Porzingis, him coming in, he's going to be 28 years old. His you know role in the front court, obviously, his fit with this basketball team is you know, as a, a, a third star, if you will, within that big three coming off the career year. Was it a fluke or, or is this the, the best is yet to come? How do you feel about Porzingis joining this team? It's it's not a guy I'm crazy about in general, but I also think given what you gave up, like it's not a huge like the fact in my mind it's like you gave up you got two first round picks from Marco Smart and Porzingis is like the bonus. And that's not the way it really looks, but like the, the real value of this deal was I think the the draft capital over like a year of Porzingis at thirty six million dollars. Now you have the ability to resign him here. I have questions about the on court fit. I have questions about how like playing with Al and Rob and whether that's like a double big that they're obviously going to, they like to play like how that's actually going to fit from a mobility standpoint with those guys offensively, I think is a, is a big question mark, but offensively, there's no question. Like he is far better, like all around like score than Marcus smart. And I think the, the, the great news from a slow standpoint, like you're not asking him to be your number one or number two. This is a guy you can say, Hey, you're going to get better shots than you've ever had in your career. And you only have to score 18 points a night in a number three role. And then from that standpoint, I think this deal should be offensively a slam dunk for the Celtics as long as that fit works. Um, and that'd be up to Joe Mazzulla and that coaching staff to put together. 
Almost feel right. like Al Horford's going to be crucial in that, though. Like Al Horford's a oh, guy yeah. that knows how to move the basketball and might get the big guy. To That's my my only encore concern is like the fact that Boston doesn't have a lot of guys that know how to make entry passes. So. That's that's really <laughs> about it. Like I I do think having him on, you know, he's if you look at his his shot breakdown by you know certain amounts of feet, you know that that area between zero and three feet in the basket, that's his second most taken shot, you know, by like by position on the court um, that he could take. My my issue is he takes thirty one percent of his shots from three, and maybe that'll change a little bit with with, with the with the Jays out there. I, that's a little murky for me. But I, I think the fact that he's going to be able to give Boston offense when Jason Tatum's not on the floor, because I have, I think, I don't know, you both probably have concerns about what happens when Jason Tatum's not playing basketball for the Celtics. Like their off numbers aren't great. I think Porzingis might be able to help that. I'm hopeful for that. Um, but I have, I'm, I'm like B Rob. I have, I have some question marks about how this is going to really work. I am, I'm a little more optimistic about it though. I think, I think they'll find a way to make it work. All right, B-Rob, we're going to keep uh, rapping for a few minutes. We're going to let you jump out of here. Appreciate you hopping on with us. Obviously, check out B-Rob's stuff, not only the Winning Plays podcast on CLNS, but also, of course, all of his work on Mass Live. And uh, he is doing a, a phenomenal job of keeping you up to date with his own reports, as well as mixing in some other people's news as well to uh, just let you know with what is happening during a crazy, silly time for the Celtics amidst trade rumors. And uh, rumors are coming. More and more rumors are going to come so long as they got Grant and Brogdon and all those second-round picks available at their disposal. We have we have turned back the, the clock, gotten back into Danny Ainge's uh, <laughs> treasure chest time machine, and, uh, and Brad's going to have a field day with Zarin and Austin and everybody else. B-Rob, thank you so much. All right, always a blast, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, big guy. We'll take one quick break here from uh, B Rob. A lot of great stuff, obviously, but you know we we wouldn't be here with the opportunity to talk about all of this great Celtics content, Ev, without our great sponsors of this program. Yeah, a quick break to tell you today's show is powered by FanDuel. Baseball season's in full swing right now. And there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Is right now new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. That's one thousand dollars in back and bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, I actually really like the way that Andrew Callahan put it on his CLNS podcast, Pat's Interference. Uh, you're going to win or lose a thousand, up to $1,000 no matter what happens. You're going to win $1,000 no matter if you win or lose. It's great. Uh, just go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to join today. We always talk about SGPs on this show. Mm-hmm. And for baseball, look, I'm not, you know, I'm locked into NBA when NBA is going on. I'm locked into the NFL when the NFL is going on. Kaufman, I need a little time off. You know, sometimes from some sports to just recharge my batteries a little bit. Sure. Yeah. But as I have mentioned before, if you're going to do any same game parlays in the baseball season, just take Luis Arias and just say he's going to get a hit because he's probably going to get a hit that day. He's batting Kaufman 399 on the season. Aren't his hit odds usually like minus 360 or 390 or whatever? Because Yeah, but just a little light juice never killed anybody. It's great. I mean, the fact that, I mean, if you you hit three and you've hit three legs of a parlay in Luis Arias, uh, you threw him in as the fourth one and he screws it up. How many times is that going to happen? It's just not going to happen a lot. He's gonna come through Six out of ten, I guess. <laughs> it's 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 the law of averages, Kaufman. Okay, it's the law of averages. Six out of ten times he's not coming through. That's totally fair. But when you get you know four pets a game, one of those times, yeah. 
I might have just gotten busted by math. It's totally possible. But I would throw Luis Arias in, in, in any same-game par that has to do with, with baseball. I promise you, you'll win more than you lose. Uh, and this is coming from a guy that loses a lot. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat no first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Uh, Ev, um, how, how are we feeling at this point in well, time? Huh? I you mean, know. you and I, we've we've not had the opportunity to, uh, you know, do all of this since uh since it, it all happened other than obviously our conversation we just had with b rob how how you coping like it's i i i don't mind a- addressing you evan valenti the fan right now how how you handling this because this really this was a for for people that are fans of marcus smart and a lot of you i guess maybe statistically 50 percent of you out there listening are um this is a uh it was a culture shock i mean this this is that for better or worse, and only time will tell, this is going to change things in that oh, locker room absolutely. for this team and certainly just for the overall fan experience of watching this team. Yeah, I, you know, look, I, I, all good things must come to an end at some point. And I, I, the further away we get from it, the more I kind of am just accepting of the fact that something needed to change in this team. I just didn't want it to be Marcus. Like, that's the thing. Like, yeah. Kaufman, I, I'm sure you feel something similar. When they raise Banner 18, I wanted Marcus Smart to be on the team yeah. because he's the guy that set the culture for the, the people that have come afterwards. Like, you go back to – Well, that was also – not to cut you off, but that was also – like, that was the thing. Longevity as well, but ultimately that was going to th- be the thing that, that, like, put 36 in the rafters. Right. Which a lot of people, you know, have – Well, have, it can't happen now unless he wins. It can't happen now. No. Wins one. Like, I don't – can't do it. Nine nine years wasn't enough in, in terms of not winning a title and the statistics that came along with it. And he was never like officially captain or anything. Like there's no, I mean the the Celtics, like I, I know they have a lot of retired numbers and some of those are on the fringes compared to maybe other organizations, but no, by no measure could Marcus Smart's 36 go up there right now. Totally agree. But the thing with Smart is like he was anointed the next guy next culture guy by KG in the middle of the game when they both went after a loose ball and they ran, they ran into each other and somehow like a black hole didn't spawn right there or something. I don't know. Right. But it, it, it that's, that's, that's the tough part about it. And we get, we got to watch Marcus kind of grow up and into his own and, and, and watch him, you know, this young game changer foundation do some really great things. Um, but it, you know, look, something had to happen. Something needed to change. They tried the Brogdon thing. Um, but they knew that they couldn't come back with this backcourt. Like they just, they have too many guys that play the same position. And Porzingis is absolutely a guy. Like it might not be the most perfect fit in the world, but they need another big. And guess what? There aren't really a bunch of good ones available. You might be able to strike gold with Porzingis here. Like you're not like the Nas Reed contract. Like I love Nas Reed, but they weren't getting Nas Reed because they don't have any cap space. Like you have to trade for that. It's just for me. 
getting an, a, another serviceable big in the locker room. In, in look, jettison Grant, I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm going to be just fine without Grant Williams in this team. Uh, but bringing a, a big that can really help Al Horford and really help, you know, Rob Williams, you know, try and stay as healthy as they can the rest of the way is going to be really important. Like, I, Kaufman, we, you can't just have Al Horford out there in the, in the end of playoff games anymore. As much as I love the guy, the guy's an all-timer, um, going to be in the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield in short order, no question. But, like, you just can't have Al out there to close games. And in Porzingis might not be, like, that much better, but at the same time, he's 27 years old, not 38, and he's got plenty of miles up in the tank, so to speak. Listen, I said, I'm sure you remember it, I'm sure our listeners remember it, I said it more than once. After like when we were doing offseason shows last summer, I said, don't expect Al Horford to be this coming year what he was last year because he was coming off a club OKC, you know, where he didn't play half a season, had a longer offseason, you know, didn't like the he just he was set up perfectly for his year in Boston, uh, you know, upon him being reacquired to have the success that he had. And obviously he shot well as well and just fit in as seamlessly as he did there was no way playing until mid-june or whatever it was against the warriors short offseason coming back that he was going to be able to be the same guy when you factor in another year older into his late 30s and that's not a knock on al horford that's just father time man like that his body was not going to hold up the same way and i think we saw facets of that throughout this playoff run where yeah, like largely he stayed healthy over the course of the year. I don't think they managed his minutes nearly well enough. And so that's something they'll they'll try to do here with Porzingis and more rest nights or just playing closer to 30 a night as opposed to 33 or whatever he played. I don't even remember at this point in time. But the shot just disappeared. And and I, just, I don't think that was like this fluky thing, like he just sort of forgot how to shoot for a couple weeks. I think fatigue catches up and your Has body he was the second healthy. highest three-point shooter in the in the, in the league this year he was top right. top four i flip him and, and Brogdon all yeah, the time and over the course of the month and a half or whatever it was of playoffs it just you know his he got out of rhythm a little bit it, I mean, he's missing, he was missing wide open looks this wasn't like oh they you know were defending him a different way and they were in his face and everything was contested like wide open threes it, shots that he's knocking down you know probably six times out of 10 throughout the regular season, he was missing with regularity in the playoffs. And, yeah. and a lot of that is just age and wear and tear. And to your point, that's not getting better. Uh, so like, I don't want Al Horford traded. I don't want him cut. Like I love Al Horford, but you got to prepare yourself for that. And you can't count on him at this age to have a certain role. Like he may not even start for this team, you know, a, a bulk of the time we'll see, but Rob, you know, like he could play 35 games he could play 60 games you don't know and you don't know what he's going to be in the playoffs if he's there for you and Porzingis another ultimate wild card when it comes to health which I think is part of the reservations people had about the deal and and like even removing fit or anything else it was just like all right is he going to be available though is he going to play like that that's a, a chief question when it comes to Kristaps Porzingis so you had to do something you had to add to the front court Gallinari's gone. Muscala wasn't an answer. Like he, Joe had no interest in him. You My still Italian have Cornette. I'm so sad. Yeah. He, you still have Cornette, but it, you know, I just, the, as we said with B Rob, like the, just the roster construct, it, it amazed me. It honestly amazed me 
that if you want to look at this from a betting perspective, that the Celtics championship odds improved to favorites on some books, co-favorites in other books after the C's made this trade. Because I do not feel, and I'm not saying they won't be by the time the season rolls around, but today, here, now, June 25th, I don't believe this is a better team than it was last year. I don't. Well, we'll see. We haven't seen anybody play yet. But they, they have, you know, outside of Golden State, probably the most, or maybe outside of the Lakers, because LeBron is such a huge part of what they do. And then, obviously, Phoenix. I don't know if anybody has more star power than them, especially in the Eastern Conference, right? Like, you look, the, the thing that's happening is everybody's going west again. And somehow Boston's sitting here with Miami, who, look, Jimmy Butler's awesome, and Bam's awesome, and Eric Spolster's awesome, and their role players are great. But, like, those guys are getting poached, all right? Mm-hmm. The guys that are free agents, we'll see if Miami can afford them. Those guys are getting poached potentially this season, next season. We'll see how it goes. Boston's road got a lot easier with Brad Beal getting out of town. It'd be only because there are other teams in their conference, Philadelphia and Miami, that were linked to him that potentially could bring him aboard. So him going to going to Phoenix, this is fantastic. It's just another 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 guy that Boston doesn't have to worry about. So when you look at their favorite status, I mean, you look at the Eastern Conference and and like if if the Bucks, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to do this. I'm just saying it's possible. What's going to happen with Chris Middleton? What's going to happen with Brooke Lopez? Those are huge questions, right? Mm-hmm. Miami, whatever happens with their 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 role players, which is why they beat Boston in the first place. That's going to be interesting. You know, James Harden's probably going back to Philadelphia, but is that going to really work with Nick Nurse? I, I don't know. Nick Nurse is going to probably run James Harden into the ground. We'll see. Is NBA going to ever get in shape? We'll see. There's a lot of question marks in the Eastern Conference, and so you only have to be one of those teams to get in the finals. I think yeah. Boston has positioned themselves in a good place to be that team in the Eastern Conference or at least be in the conversation. And once you get to the NBA Finals, anything can happen. My question for B-Rob, I didn't get a chance to ask this, is, do you think Brad watched Denver and said, we don't have any, we have no answer for Jokic at all. Like, we just don't. If we had gotten there, he would have killed us. But it's, My it's, question it's, to it's, you, Adam, is does this Porzingis trade in your mind have anything to do with, with Denver winning the finals, or is this just a move that had to be done regardless of, of the outcome? I don't, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think it had to do with Denver because I don't look at Porzingis as this, like, Jokic neutralizer. Nobody he, is. He's no, nobody is. But also, he's just not this renowned defender or or phenomenal rim protector or great rebounder. He's just a huge dude who can <laughs> shoot who can shoot over people, and right. that's a credit to him. Obviously, you know with that that seven three or whatever, and and he can. I mean, he can literally just elevate over most people and get his shot off, and that's great. That's how he gets the bulk of his points. But I don't look at him as as this guy that's going to like compete or contend with any of that uh, at all. I mean, how could you? So, I don't know. I'm just, I'm throwing it out there. Yeah. I, I, I just like, I, but like you're talking about Jokic, which is obviously because he just won a title and, and it wouldn't surprise anyone if Denver's back there representing the West in the NBA finals. But even if I'm just thinking about the East, like Giannis Embiid, bam, like I, I don't, I don't give Chris Stapps a, a, an edge in any of these matchups. Uh, it's going to be tough. It's hard to contain a lot of those guys, right? It's hard to contain Giannis. We we watched it. I stressed out for seven games over it. I was thrilled not to do it this year because it is not fun. 
Um, with Embiid, like I, I don't sweat Philly. I've been saying that for years now. I don't, I don't sweat them at all. Embiid, but you felt that before the trade, so that's not like a Porzingis against Embiid thing. No, that's not. I don't really care. That's uh, yeah. My my position on Philly has not has not wavered at all with right. the addition of Porzingis. I actually think it might be slightly easier now. Um, the Bam stuff and, and like and how they'll beat a zone, which is what makes Jordan Walsh kind of interesting. Uh, I, that that is. That's going to still be a question mark because this team just falls apart against Miami for a lot of reasons. And and Miami's mental toughness is probably one of the biggest ones. So that'll still be a question mark for me. I just, I think that a lot of these other contenders have not answered a lot of questions either. And Boston is at least trying to solve a problem. You know, they're at least trying to say like, Hey, like we can't run this back. We got to do something a little different. Porzingis gives us a low post anchor that we can throw the ball to, even though he shoots most of his shots from the three-point line, <laughs> which is obviously right up Joe's alley. Joe loves more yeah. three. So, again, we'll see how it goes. I, I think, you know, again, I have questions about the fit. I just was curious if, you know, you look at Denver and say, like, yeah, like, obviously nobody is going to be Jokic. It's just not possible. He's one of one. Right. But having a, a, a unicorn-type guy and, you know, Giannis is one of those guys. Porzingis is one of those guys. I would, I, Porzingis being the quote unquote one of the original unicorns, I think Durant labeled him one of that. Maybe mm-hmm. that's just having something that nobody else can plan for. I mean, that, I'm just throwing ideas out there, yeah. I'm trying to make it sound better, you know? The, the one thing I didn't ask B Rob that I, I'm curious about, not that he would know an answer, I just wanted his opinion. And I want your opinion is, do we believe that Brad Stevens would have made this move, period? Would he have made this move without discussing it first with Tatum and or Brown? I don't like, do, do, like do, do, do we believe that Tatum and Brown signed off on this? Or if this is just something they learned about, you know, a, a few minutes before, just like Marcus did? Or were they involved in that conversation? I'd be curious I, to know. I don't think they were consulted at all. Because I don't, I don't think either one of them would want Marcus gone. Like I don't, I I looked at look at Jason's Instagram post when when they got traded. Which I and I was going to ask you about that. So Tatum put up like the Marcus tribute, and you know we're, we're like we're going to get one together one day, kind of whatever he wrote, which is kind of scary because it probably won't be in Boston if that happens. Um, did uh, did Jalen post anything? And- Jalen's been k- killing it in Paris at a uh, fashion uh, at fashion. Right, he's but yeah, and he's been posting plenty about that. So it's yeah. not like his phone broke. Yeah. So as, I'm as, sure, I'm sure Jalen's, you know, look, they've been playing together for a long time. Those two guys, the only guy, look, that I, I'm only, I'm not, I'm not trying to do the like lazy talk radio, social media riff. They have synergy on the court though. You know what I mean? Like those two guys actually made sense in the court at the same time. And they also, and, and this is not a criticism. This is like a, like a sibling relationship. They like brothers butted heads a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they you know, talked about and, it openly. And, and like, reportedly, yeah. yeah. Reportedly behind the scenes, even a lot more than we probably even know about. So I, you know, I wonder if, I don't want to say like Brown wanted smart gone. That's not what I'm insinuating, but I. That's what we should be doing. Yeah, that's how you get clicks. Yeah. I wonder, but I, but I wonder if he's maybe more okay with it than Tatum. You'll never know that. Never know the answer to that. But it's, it's, it's something you can ask. It's a question worth asking, but I, given, you know. You don't have to love each other, but they definitely respect each other. There's a mm-hmm. there's a difference, you know. Yeah, so I, I, I I don't think that they were all. I think I think the the general overall consensus is like everybody's kind of bummed, but there might be a secret layer of you know maybe this is to happen. You know, maybe this is ex- 
Because eventually one of the big pieces had to go, Kyle. Like one of well, these and, bigger pieces. To, to that end, that's what I was just going to say, is I wonder if there's a – not that he would ever admit it publicly and maybe not even privately, but I wonder if there's some sense of relief from Jalen Brown that, man, like something had to give. Like there was something was going to change with respect to this team's core. Wasn't going to be Tatum. He's the guy. And at that that's point fair. in time, you're talking about me or you're talking about Marcus? That's a great question. That's a that's fair. That's because it, it shows Jalen like, no, no, we want you. That like because he's had like, everybody likes to talk about the amount of disrespect quotes that he has, and how we felt disrespected with the the Kevin Durant trade rumors, which is totally yeah. within his right to feel. But if you're Jalen Brown and you're like, hey, you know, they just traded a core piece and it wasn't me, they must be really believing in I'm going to be part of this core. Right. I mean, that's definitely a point for team team Brown here. Like, and again, I've been adamant, like I want Jalen Brown on the Celtics. Like I, I think the people that want him off the team are. But, but you would have said the same thing about Marcus Smart. Are angry. And yeah, but like if I had to pick between Marcus and Jalen, I'm going to pick Jalen. And I don't think that's even a shock to any, if you picked Marcus, I think we might want to have your head examined. And I love Marcus, but like this team is going to go to the NBA Finals and win an NBA title with Jalen and Jason. It's not going to be just Jason and Marcus. Right. I mean, you would have to get something. That's why I never got any of these Jalen trades. Yeah. I never really got. It was well, like so Sam that, Henderson and, and so I don't. I, I don't Clark. totally agree with that. Like it, yeah. Like we'll we'll would in this fantasy land Tatum and Smart lead you a championship before Tatum and Brown? No, I'm I'm with you. But if you're trading Brown, you're you know, getting back a Beal or a Dame or a Durant or a whoever. Like, why would you trade? Be, why would you trade Beal for for Jalen? I'm not, I'm not even that? saying you would. I'm just talking about the trade rumors that have been out there over sure. the years. And so it's then it's it's not really smart. It's Tatum and that guy. And could they win you a title? And maybe I don't know. Oh, these guys have been in the Eastern Conference Finals a lot. I think I think I'd rather have yeah. the two main guys on the team. Is that what we do around here, Ev? We celebrate. Runs to no. the final four? No. I... <laughs> <laughs> but look, I, it's funny that, you know, Washburn went off on, on them not having a guy that could score on the block, and then they go get Chris Apps Porzingis, who, again, isn't really known for so, – I mean, a good percentage amount of his shots come on the lower block, but for a big guy, he shoots a ton of threes too. So what I was laughing at – it's funny you bring that up. What I was laughing at, because we had watched – if anyone missed the Washburn show, check it out. It was a really good show last week. It always great. He's always great. But if, like, so that's your Washburn takeaway. My immediate thought after Smart was traded was thinking back to the pod we had with Washburn and Washburn going off. Like, it might have even been the title of the show about how they need more toughness. And they traded away their toughest guy. Fair. Yeah, that's why it hurts so much. You traded away the guy that was the heart and the soul of the team. I don't know. We'd have to go through our NBA trade. Like, the closest trade to this for me, Cough, is, like, the Red Sox trading Nomar for Orlando Cabrera and it actually working. Like that's right. That's, that's the although, history we're I mean, looking at here. Although in this case, some would argue you're getting the better player <laughs> like in, in, in Porzingis versus smart, just well, like one I, for one. That, that, well, look at the rest of the rest of 20, uh, 2004 Cabrera was excellent. Yeah. But he wasn't the, he wasn't better than Nomar. Like just as like, it worked out better and, and he yeah. was better for them down the stretch of that year. But in terms of like historically, who was the better player? No more. Oh, no, no question. 
No question. Yeah. Omar, what did he what, hit three ninety two one year? Like I forget what year he hit. Whatever. It's, I, I don't think it was that good. It was maybe like three seventy five or something. No, but either way, like it, was, it was either way, it was awesome. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so you know that, that's the closest thing I can relate to this is when the Sox traded Nomar for Elena Cabrera. I was heartbroken then. I remember the 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 more the radio in the morning when I woke up in the morning and and just being like absolutely yeah. everybody every Red Sox fan at school was like just just depressed and and you're, and you're just, bringing in Doug Mankiewicz and Orlando Cabrera yeah, and- yeah. <laughs> who yeah. some guy from the Expos? Why are we trading for a guy from the Expos? This doesn't make any sense. Well, I think we've uh, – I, I, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed the conversation with B-Rob, but I also really enjoyed the conversation that you and I just had because I think we right. we raised some interesting questions that would be good to touch on with whoever we have on the show next week and yeah. sort of continuing on this conversation about, you know, what, what this really means internally inside that room, uh, you know, going forward. I think the – the, the basketball fit for Porzingis is, you know, you've alluded to is a question, but we won't know until we know, you know, whether or not they're going to make moves as I suspect they will. I, I really do think there's another impactful shooter drop. I genuinely believe that what that is and when we won't know until we know, but I think some of these unknowns that we're never going to find out are kind of more fun talking points about, you know, reaction from Tatum and Brown and what it means to them and how they feel and and what's to come of this team going forward. Did Brad leave any hints in the 2 a.m. press conference? Because I wasn't awake for that. And I, haven't gone back I, I, I was awake. Does. I deliberately waited up. I'm like, my God, like when is this? And I wasn't there. Like B-Rob and all these other people were probably there, um, you know, asking questions. But I'm just, I'm like sitting, you know, in a, in, in a recliner, like <laughs> waiting up watching a movie to for Brad to talk. And uh Put Fast 10 on? Uh, I think I was watching The Dark Knight, actually. There you go. Um, That'll work. I needed, needed a movie about death. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just sitting there going, like, what What in the... No, nothing. Like, just looking for anything. And no, I. But my, my feeling, actually, in listening to it was Brad, not unlike his predecessor, has gotten... Where, where I think Danny left things a mystery. Danny Ainge... You know, Brad does a great job at telegraphing things if you're paying attention. I think, you know, Brad is is really, we've talked about this a number of times on the show, Brad kind of alludes to he's going to do something and he does it. Um, you know, there there isn't a lot that completely comes out of nowhere. Uh, and he doesn't like outwardly lie to you as far as, you know, so far, like, you know, he said like Jalen's part of the fabric. Well, they didn't trade Jalen. They traded somebody else. He didn't say that about Marcus. He wasn't asked. But he didn't say it. Um, anyway, what I was going to say is that I think, like Danny Ainge, Brad Stevens has gotten awfully good at, you know, saying a whole lot without saying anything when he feels right. like it. Right. And and that uh, that 2 a.m. press conference was a whole lot of not saying anything right. uh, as, as much just, as he, he actually spoke. He drops hints all the time, and we need to be better at picking those up. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And I didn't. I haven't gone back to listen. Do you want to do your 30 seconds on Jordan Walsh before we get out of here? Uh, sure. H- hope he makes the team. <laughs> like, I, I mean, think he's gonna make the team. I, I'm, I, not, I, I'm not convinced. I mean, I, and and that's that's not that's not a slight on him. That's just he's a second round guy. I, I could see him, you know, not unlike JD Davison getting an opportunity, getting some minutes, but most of the season spent in Maine. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, but they don't have any wing players. Name the wing players after Jalen and Jason. Go ahead. What you got, Sam Hauser? I can't give, yep, that's one. 
Justin Champany? No, no, I, I don't even include him. Yeah, so he's making that's the team. A, that's a that's a roster call up. He's gonna Jordan he, Walsh is on the is on the team before the uh, human victory t- cigar, unless unless they trade unless the big trades for a wing, he'll be on the team. If yeah. they trade, if they somehow get some wing, like I got how many? T- I gotta just I'm gonna. I want Kyle Anderson so bad on this team. It's like just killing me. Um, and I don't know what Minnesota's doing. So just to throw that out there, but I, you know, unless they get a wing to come in and, 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 and actually play some minutes, he's going to play because he can defend for sure. I don't know. Offensively, he's, we don't know, but defensively, he's an animal and he just engulfs people. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's literally hilarious to watch him play defense because he just, his arms go on forever and good yeah. luck in buy him. He's awesome. But other than that, you know, wingspan. I'm, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, I saw somebody joke on Twitter that he's, he's a, a three and D guy without the three. <laughs> That's a typical yeah. public draft pick anyway. Yeah. So not, not much of a shooter yet. Could happen. Like that, some yeah. of the, you know, these things do develop over time, but yeah, you want the defensive intensity for sure. Um, well, I guess for, uh, it's not the last time I wear this shirt, but you know, for the last time uh, of its relevance, this is the, uh, this is the, for those watching on YouTube, the triple threat nice. of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. Uh, I gotta gotta get a uh, Porzingis shirt now. Nah, there'll be one. I'm sure there's already one. Yeah, I I don't think I is it is it just gonna be like will one of these companies get excited and put them like I don't know a unicorn in a Celtics jersey or something like that? Is that what it's gonna be? Uh that could be fun. Yeah, be fun. I'm into that. I'm definitely yeah. into that. I'd buy that. There you get go. Pete Rogers on it. He'll find some some cool design to do. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah, that'll be uh, it'll be like a. Uh, the Celtics jersey with with a um like a, a Care Bears figure. Wasn't there a unicorn on Care Bears? Uh, I, you're out of my comfort zone at this point, Coffin. <laughs> out of most people's. Yeah. We got to go. That's that's when you know we've been going too long. But thanks yeah, to Brian. Great to have Brian Rob back on the show. Uh, it's we're gonna miss you, Marcus. I know you're not listening. You, I, I you probably don't listen to any of these Celtics podcasts. But in the event that you've ever tuned into this one for three seconds. Uh, it, it's been real. It's been fun. A lot of fun, almost a decade and, uh, genuinely wish you all the success in Memphis. Um, the, uh, the grit and grind era returns, uh, you know, to, uh, to the Grizzlies. And that's a team that, especially with what's been going on with John Moran is going to need some veteran leadership. So, uh, curious to see what happens with Memphis, which was already a very good team before obviously acquiring Marcus Smart, but, uh, the Porzingis era is underway in Boston. Again, thanks to B-Rob. Thanks to Evan. I'm Adam. We'll talk to you again next week.